0: Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Second Corinthians. Today is episode four hundred and eighty. Look at Second Corinthians chapter five verses eleven through thirteen. Let's read our passage. Therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade people. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it's also plain to your consciences. We are not committing ourselves to you again but giving you an opportunity to be proud of us, so that you may have a reply for those who take pride in outward appearance rather than in the heart. For if we are out of our mind, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. This is Paul's letter to the church in Corinth that we call Second Corinthians. It's a letter he's sending from Macedonia, and he's sending it via Titus. Was going to take it back to Corinth Titus has just come from Corinth he delivered Paul's tearful letter because Paul had made a quick visit to Corinth but was treated very badly there was a lot of opposition and the whole church basically either stood by and let it happen or sided with those who were opposing Paul so he left quickly went back to Ephesus now he's in Macedonia and he sent the tearful letter Titus has come back to Macedonia and told Paul that the majority of the church is supportive of Paul and the reason for second Corinthians now is that Paul's trying to patch it up with the remaining group who are not so sure about him who still are maybe on the fence and, and not sure that Paul's really the appropriate apostle for them. So Paul talked about his travel plans which he was criticized for changing and he's talked about, The New Covenant versus the Old Covenant. And he's talked about his ministry. Now he's returning to the aspect of his ministry. So he begins here in verse 11 with, Therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade people. Well, therefore, since we know, he's talking about the judgment seat of Christ. That's what we ended up last time on. This idea that we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. He's talked about whether we're home in the body on earth or we're at home with Christ. And it's preferable to be in heaven. But regardless, we're trying to please the Lord and we know we're going to be judged by the Lord. So therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade people. We know that everybody will have to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And because of that, we try to persuade people. Try to persuade people of what? Of the gospel. He's made it very clear that's his whole reason for his ministry is to spread the gospel so that people can know Christ. People can experience forgiveness of sin. People can be reconciled with God. That's what he's all about. And he's just explained because there's two classes of people. Those that are going to heaven, those that are going to hell. Those that have a relationship with Christ, those who don't. And so he's trying to persuade people to come to Christ. This is the gospel ministry. So he's discussing his ministry here. This is what we do. I may not look like you think I ought to look. I may not act like what you think I ought to act like. I may not do finances the way you think I ought to do finances. But I'm all about the gospel ministry. And he says, what we are is plain to God. And I hope it's also plain to your consciences. So he says I'm an open book before God. God knows what I am doing. God knows why I am doing. I am all about the gospel ministry trying to bring people into a reconciled relationship with God. It's plain to God. And I hope it's plain to you guys too. He's plain to your consciences. He's appealing to their what they know to be true based on moral truth, spiritual truth, that hopefully you guys see this as plain as God sees this. And remember, some people are questioning his practices, saying he just doesn't do things right. He doesn't act the way an apostle is supposed to act. He doesn't do things the way we think he's supposed to do things. Verse 12 says, We are not committing ourselves to you again. People think it's a couple different ways. One just, he's talked about, are we committing ourselves to you again? That we don't need letters of recommendation. We don't have letters of recommendation. So it's not that we come being our own letters of recommendation. No, we came with the gospel. And so it's not like we are going to come to you with letters of recommendation. That's what you take to another church. When I came to you, there was no church. All I brought to you was the gospel, and so earlier he had said, "I don't need a letter of recommendation. You are my letter of recommendation." So he's keeping the same thought here of not about letters of recommendation. Some say what well, he's really saying is, "I don't need to introduce myself to you as an apostle again." He says, "What I am doing is I'm giving you an opportunity to be proud of us." so that you may have a reply for those who take pride in outward appearance rather than in the heart. This is kind of complicated. And I figure out what he's saying here. Well, he doesn't get worried about bringing them letters of recommendation. Instead, he wants them to be his letter of recommendation. He wants them to be the ones, because they have responded to the gospel, to endorse his gospel ministry and be proud of what he's doing aligned with him and that was part of the problem is they seem to be rejecting him and opposing him is no i want you to be aligned with me in what i am doing to be proud of us and the reason for that is so you can deal with these people now who are these people those who take pride in outward appearance rather than in a heart Is he speaking about people within the church here, or is he speaking about a group of outsiders? Hard to tell exactly from just this context, but he's been speaking against outsiders. He talked about those that show up basically selling the Word of God, peddlers for the Word of God. It's probably those kind of people, because those are the ones who are all caught up in having letters of recommendation where he talked about committing ourselves. We we don't need a letter of recommendation. We brought you the gospel. However, these other people who show up carrying these impressive letters of recommendation who are in a money-making business, really selling the word of God, they are the ones probably who are so caught up in outward appearance rather than the heart. Then verse 13, for if we are out of our mind, it is for God. If we're in our right mind, it is for you. Now, some confusion over exactly how to translate this. and This is probably as good as any. If we're out of our mind, it's for God. If we're in our right mind, it's for you. What does this mean? Well, he's had kind of two orientations with things here. Horizontal orientation of dealing with people and a vertical orientation of dealing with God. In verse 11, he talked about persuading that was dealing with people. But in verse 11, he was also talking about being plain or being open, that was toward God. In verse 12, he was talking about those concerned with outward appearances, that's dealing with people. But with the heart, really that's God who sees the heart. And here, the being in the right mind, or some translate, being self-controlled, that's dealing with people. But when I'm out of my mind, or some translate, beside myself, he says that's, that's dealing with God. So it's hard to say exactly what he means here. But I think what he's getting at here is the way you deal with people is you, you try to persuade people. And you don't get caught up in outward appearances. And you're self-controlled. You're in your right mind. You're, you're trying to present the gospel. But when you're dealing with God, you know, God just sees right to what you're doing. You're, you're plain before God. You're open before God. And God sees the heart. And you don't have to be so self-controlled with God. A couple of ideas of what he means by this. Is he talking about the ecstatic speech, basically speaking in tongues? He talked about that in 1 Corinthians. And he says, when you're doing that, that's really oriented to God. Could be that. Or in chapter 12, he's going to talk about some kind of strange vision he had where he basically had a vision of heaven. And he uses some similar language in chapter 12, talking about being fools for Christ. Is that what he's talking about? It's hard to say. I'm not sure uh, which way to fall down on this. But I think what he's talking about here is how he conducts himself with his gospel ministry, that he deals with people in a very self-controlled way, because he's trying to persuade people and not get caught up in just outward appearances, dealing with God. That's where God sees directly into your heart, knows exactly what you're doing. And you don't need to be as self-controlled with God. You can be very much led by the Spirit. what that really looks like, it's hard to say. What he's doing here is he's dealing with some of the criticisms that people are bringing about his ministry, that he just doesn't do things the way he's supposed to do them. But he's trying to be faithful to the ministry, the gospel ministry. What's the takeaway for us in this? Well, follow his example and remember that all of us engaged in a gospel ministry, which we're all supposed to do should be trying to persuade people, persuade people to know Christ, persuade people to follow Christ, and make sure that whatever we do, God can see in our hearts and know exactly what we're doing. We're not trying to impress people with outward appearances. And then it's different between when we're dealing with people and when we're one-on-one with God. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 2 Corinthians.